dude. Uh, you know, uh, gaming. gaming. How's how, how's it been? What's up? Uh, man, let me tell you. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Fall Guys still. Because I'm trying okay. to get that fucking crown. Nice. Still haven't gotten a crown yet? Still, I've gotten so close so many times, but I've yet to get an actual crown of my own. Nice. I saw an article this morning that said, help, Fall Guys is ruining my relationship. And I was just like, I'm not even going to read this. Just dump that person. Yeah. Uh, it's such a <laughs> Leave it's them. such a low stakes game. Let, you know, let <laughs> them fall. Let them fall off of the spinning platform that is your relationship. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. Uh, Fall Guys, pretty fun, but... I hate to say it. I hate to, I hate to be my, my, I hate to, you know, play the traditional heel that I do on the show and say that, uh, I think fall guys is going to be a little bit of a flavor of the month. It might be. I mean, not enough you know what's going, diversity. You know, what's going to be for me just because it's not a single player game with killing, uh, and uh-huh. monsters. So like, I'm obviously going to switch over to something weird eventually, but for right now I'm like, it's a nice second break. It's, I think I'm going to really enjoy when I like get off all guys and go back to finish the last act of ghost of Tsushima, you know? Okay. Because like I yeah. think that I've been like distant from that game for a little bit, and that game was getting a little samey. But I bet when I boot it back up, it's going to feel like fresh and new and really fun. So I'm super stoked for that. Yeah, um, for sure. I, th- I think taking a break from Tsushima, which can get a little repetitive, is good at times. Um, but you, but you, yeah, with Fall Guys, I just feel like with Fall Guys, sorry, uh, is that like obviously. I'm I'm sensing a trajectory with Fall Guys that I've sensed with other battle royales where it's like PUBG came around and kind of like blew people's minds. Before that, wasn't there even an earlier one? But regardless, like PUBG got popular, but then Fortnite came and really innovated on the genre. And I think that same thing is going to happen with Fall Guys, where another company like I'm sure eight companies right now are trying to make their own Mario Party battle royale style game. And I think one of them is going to come along with a much more expanded, diverse. Uh, set of play styles and, and experiences right. uh, to make it feel a little less repetitive. I mean, the big question, because I think you're right that someone's going to do that. The big question is, so the difference with, with this and, and the PUBG thing, which I think is illustrative, is that like the PUBG had like such a specific aesthetic of like hardcore murder guys ready to do gun time. Um, and Fortnite took that and like blew the aesthetic out to like a much more accessible like fun goofy mode and Fall Guys is already there. The question is, will Fall Guys be able to expand the gaming faster than it takes another company to make an expanded version of Fall Guys? Right. I think whoever hits expanded Fall Guys first is probably going to be like the Fortnite of the thing. Um, But Mm -hmm. unlike PUBG, Fall Guys has a bit of a head start, but can they cash in on it? Who can say? And, and, you know, just just like the universe, Fall Guys is constantly expanding. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, fall guys, I, I play, I play with some of my normie friends sometimes, but I just, I got back into Warzone, man. I was just like, that's, that's really where I want to express myself. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, Warzone, way well, Warzone is very your, your zone, I guess, for lack of a better <laughs> phrase, like it's mm-hmm. very your speed. And also like it does, I mean, just more of a skill check than fall guys. And as we, as we know about you, like. You love a skill check. <laughs> it's skill check, but it's diversity of play. It's diversity of experience. Like each game, uh, you know, I, I just have a way different experience and a, a different set of events. Whereas like every single time you play the seesaw level in Fall Guys, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's true. That's true. And it's also extra true because I think that with, with like any genre of game, the better you are, the more you play it, the more you're able to see the small differences. Right, like yeah. for me, every game of Warzone or Fortnite or whatever feels basically the same because I suck at those games, and a mm-hmm. lot of my experience is just sucking right. at them. 
Um, yeah. But when you're good at them, it's obvious like, oh, one game can be like, oh, we got all the really good guns earlier so to hold a position. And the other one's like, oh, we got no good guns. We got to like desperately seek stuff out. There's all kinds of little mini narratives that can emerge yes. that like someone who's good at the game can like perceive in a way that someone who's not as good at the game can't. Um, and so right. it makes a lot of sense that you'd be like, oh, no, I want to go back to my like cool expert zone because um, you are good at those because you are good at those games. Uh, thank you. I'll take that compliment. Um, but me, uh, in terms of the mini narratives, um, that reminded me that you've been watching a lot of uh, Starcraft. Oh, this baby. Week. Is that yeah, what happened? it was. Uh, well, there's two big Starcraft things happening. It was the uh, the finals of the GSL, the Global Starcraft League, which is actually just the Korean Starcraft League. Um, and then also Blizzard is doing something called the War Chess Team League, where like each of their main streamer caster people drafted a team of players and each team is like battling each other to determine who has the best team uh and both those things have been going on and they've been very cool the gsl finals are over uh rogue won. rogue my favorite player in the world because he literally could looks like he couldn't care less about it uh, every shot of him before a match he looks like someone's like forced him out of bed and like is making him play starcraft and he doesn't want to be there and then when he wins, yeah. he just looks like he just wants to go back to bed. Like, I I love that you just wake the ancient and he does his task and then goes back to slumber. Yeah. It's incredible. He like didn't. I was watching for this because I follow him pretty closely. He like I don't think he smiled once. Like nice. I like I like a curmudgeon. Yeah, he like did the interview with his hands at his sides, like looking blankly at the camera, and then like didn't smile once, even when they were like. You might be the best player who's ever played. Your record's pretty incredible. And he was like, yeah, maybe. Honestly, in fairness, that feels like when you talk to most athletes in a sport, too. It's like, look at the breakdown interviews on the side of the basketball court. Like, are they really saying anything that profound? No, they just have, like, a lot more energy. <laughs> like, they're just like, it's, it's, by, yeah. it's by God. I'm out here because the love of God, love my yeah. family, and I'm trying to win. And he's just like, yeah, yeah I don't know. Maybe I'm pretty good. I want to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> and then the, the team league stuff is fun. I think you'd fuck with the team leagues. It's just like best of ones. And there's like this competitive shit talking happening. That's kind of fun. Cause all the, all the streamers, mm -hmm. like everyone who streams the game is the people who are coaching the teams in the game. Um, so they yeah. talk a lot of shit. It is very funny that they have clear resentment for the streamers who are like one tier higher and didn't get picked to do this. Cause they're busy doing other shit. Cause they're like constantly taking like little shots at the more famous Starcraft streamers. Uh, throughout the thing and it's extremely funny to hear them just like make fun of these guys it's like the only reason you're making fun of these guys is because like they get paid to live in korea and cast starcraft and you live in a basement so so are you, are, you, are you kind of explaining the difference between the pros and the streamers in the sense that like streamers might actually be worse at the game but more successful at monetizing it um, well that's part of it right like these guys do make a lot of money relative to how good they are at the game but there's also – so, like, the way it works is there's two American casters, Tasteless Nartosis, who stream out of Korea, and that's, like, their whole job. is like, they stream the GSL, they stream Brood War out of Korea, like, they just live in Korea, stream StarCraft for English, that's it. Um, and they mm -hmm. can just do that. And then there's other streamers and casters who get picked up to do tournaments and do other stuff, but, like, also have to work other jobs, like, have other parts of their lives – and, like, they talk mm -hmm. a bunch of shit on Tasteless Nartosis, and it's like, well, you're just tight, because, like, they literally did it. Like, they did it to the max. Like, they're just casting StarCraft. That's it. Like, and that's their, that's their right. full-time fucking job, is making a TV show where they cast StarCraft. And, like, you right. don't get to have that. And it's very funny to, like, I don't know, it's always funny when there's, like, a community, and you get to, like, look at their, like, inter-community tensions. Uh, especially one that's, like, as weird and niche as, like, StarCraft 2. <laughs> 
it's like very funny oh, to like yeah. get into that. I just went down the rabbit hole of Twitch drama, which is just like a whole other rabbit hole just like oh, that. Yeah. And it's it's so much fun. It's so crazy. And I told you the, the craziest the version of this that happened to me, right, was uh, I think we talked about this on here. Was one night I was looking on the StarCraft website I look at and I saw that Artosis was casting. And I was like, oh, he's great. I'll, I'll watch his cast. And I clicked on it and mm-hmm. it turned out that it was a, a hosting stream of uh, Jeff in Control's uh, funeral because a StarCraft caster who was mm-hmm. famous had died. And they were streaming his yeah. funeral on Twitch. And I just ended up like mm-hmm. watching these like people have a 90 minute funeral for their friend on Twitch. And it was like the most bizarre shit I've ever seen. Um, Damn. A whole, it's like a whole wow. society. It's, it's, it's interesting. And I mean, Starcraft is dope. Like it's a, it's a really fun game to watch. It's just a hard ass game to get into. Um, cause there's so I mean, Here's much. my big question about Starcraft as someone who's played very little of it. I've played a little campaign and that's about it. Um, the big problem with a lot of esports is that the 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 normie, the passerby, the person who doesn't know the meta, is not able to extrapolate extrapolate the narrative uh, from the match. I, I, that was a big problem with Overwatch. With people who hadn't played Overwatch, didn't know what was going on because every character is different. They all have different powers, and and it was hard to you know, as a passive audience member, like really track it and follow it. Does Starcraft have that same so issue? Starcraft does a little bit. There are a couple of important differences. The first is that, so there are only, there, well, there's a bunch of units. There are only the three sides and each side is like kind of a basic deal about them. And so it's a little easier to follow and it's less hectic than, than Overwatch. You're not cutting between all the different like 10 players or whatever. And there's less mm-hmm. like specific superpowers and stuff. The thing with StarCraft is strategically it's really complicated. And this is why, like, Artos and Tasteless get to be full-time casters and everyone else has to, like, have a second job. Is that, like, they're really mm-hmm. good at making it clear what's going on, explaining things, sort of giving you a sense of stuff. Whereas the other player, other casters kind of, like, talk in the game's own shorthand. And when you do that, it's just confusing, right? Like, when when you watch, a, like, a GSL thing in English, like, uh, Toast and Tasteless will just be like, oh yeah, this guy's like matching up zealots because like they're really tough and he's going to try and like see if they can survive long enough because the other guy's got some pretty weak units but he's got a lot of them and let's see how this goes. Like that's very clear. Um, what someone else yes. will be like, mass zealots, zerglings, let's see what happens. Who knows? And it's like, well, I don't play this game. I have no idea what these words mean. Like if you don't do the extra right. work, it becomes very unclear. So like good casters can make it pretty clear and followable but a bad caster just becomes fucking gibberish. <laughs> Um, and there are very few right. like, truly yeah. good sportscaster style casters out there for StarCraft because it is it is a really complicated game at its base. So you kind of have to like hone in. That's the one reason why I think Warzone, it would be such a good esports arena because almost anyone can track what's happening. Like there's there's no complex rules. It's just shooting, getting to the center and being the last one surviving. Even when I, I look at Fortnite and I've been talking a lot with Bennington about, you know, the esports of Fortnite and he's been forcing me to watch some of the games, even though I hate it. Um, with Fortnite, every game ends with this like just this complex structure of like forts that are all on top of each other and it's pretty impossible to track what's happening um and so for me like unless you are obsessed with the fortnite meta the entire flow of an esports game of fortnite is is like confusing alienating and and just hard hard to access and hard to get excited about if you don't know how hard it is to build these forts yeah i mean there's a reason why I, like, I've been wanting to get in esports for a long time, and like we talked about, like I've written, I used to try to like write and cover League of Legends and Dota for places, stuff like that. And I can't, the only one I've been able to consistently stick with is StarCraft. Like, I think largely because the casting quality, and also because it's a little, there's a there's smaller individual distinctions. 
like it's watching someone play Mercy in first person versus watching someone play like Tracer in first person versus watching someone play Winston in first person. It's like watching three different games um, that all like different objectives and goals and shit. Um, which is another reason why I think Warzone, like you said, could super work because everyone is doing different stuff, but like has a basically the same goal and basically the same set of skills. So it's not like I'm watching one guy who flies and heals and one guy who travels in time and one guy who's a monkey. I'm watching three dudes with guns, right? Like it, it becomes a lot easier right. to follow the action in that setting than in, in, in like Overwatch or something. So yeah, I, I'm totally with you that I think that, uh, Warzone has, could theoretically have the legs to be like a pretty strong, like noob esport. Because it's just, it's so followable. Uh-huh. Like, even just, like, watching you play a couple times when we've, like, done streamy stuff, it's, like, way easier to follow than, like, watching you play Overwatch. Totally. And, and just, like, and, and, like, there's, there's, like, high-stakes scenarios that you can, like, instantly latch into, um, as opposed to, like, Overwatch just kind of, like, there's, there's more of a, a mon- there's more of just a repetitive flow to an Overwatch game, whereas Warzone has all these high moments of tension and narrative. Um, and I think that's, that's a big difference. Um, but we mentioned Fortnite, and we'd be remiss to not talk about one of the biggest stories that's been happening in gaming this week. I, of course, am referring to Fortnite's epic lawsuit against apple and google complete with now, anti-apple I've been commercial. doing a lot of research into the yes complete with anti-apple commercial now for those of you who haven't heard the story i can catch you up on the basics of it essentially um Fortnite has microtransaction currency called V-Bucks. Um, you know, when you go online, you can buy them and it gets you more skins and cosmetics or what have you, blah, blah, blah. You've seen a million video games do this. On the Apple Store, where you can download Fortnite, Apple has sort of a monopoly on their store because all their devices can only use really the Apple Store. So they are able to charge like bonkers prices um, and to extract, uh, I think, like 30 percent of every of every paid transaction, they get to keep that, which is uh, a lot, a lot more than some people would say is fair. But most people's hands are tied. They have to work in the Apple ecosystem. So they're just forced to, you know, be majorly taxed by Apple, essentially. Um, So what Fortnite did uh, was crazy. Fortnite brought in and added an element, an add-on to the game where you could directly pay Fortnite for the V-Bucks as opposed to paying through the Apple Store. Uh, they essentially created a backdoor to pay themselves and and sneak around the paywalls of, of Apple um, and just doing it incredibly intentionally, basically as a, a fuck you patch. So the second they did that, Apple removed them from the store and then Google did immediately after. And then Fortnite came out and is now suing Apple and Google complete with a viral commercial parody of Apple's own 1984 ad. Amazing. Did I get that right, Lux? Yeah, that's basically the gist of it. Um, in It's incredible yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, a big part of it obviously is like, it's good that companies are pushing back against the Apple Google monopoly. I think, um, I think anytime, I mean, this has always been one of the problems like this, like platform monopoly stuff, right? Is that they can sort of decide what people get access to and what they don't get access to and like what's allowed to come out and shit. And that's always troubling. Um, I also like that Epic is doing it in such like a trolley way. Like that's what I respect maybe the most out of all of it. 
is that like they trolled them with the direct pay thing. They trolled them with the commercial. They're just making Apple and mm-hmm. Google look like these like big mean businesses with their big mean suits, and that Epic's like the fun cool guys. Yes, and I think that's and, a big um, PR win. And also, yeah, you're you're right. They could have done it in like a very boring, just kind of like complainy, like like you know, like talk to an interviewer or make an article. But instead, they went for the big troll, and and that's what you gotta love about about this. And and on top of that, it's a really unique situation because, you know, at the end of the day while Apple and Google are, are far bigger and stronger than the company uh, Epic that owns Fortnite, they're, they're, this is a unique scenario because Fortnite has its own monopoly on the youth. And it's kind of flexing its force and its power here and really showing that like literally kids wake up fucking eight year olds like wake up and play Fortnite all fucking day, like on their phones and shit like that. And this idea that they have a product that is so valuable that they can say fuck you to the bosses and and say fuck you we'll take we'll, we'll just take up we'll pack up and leave um it's fascinating and it's something that really almost no one in this fucking nightmare capitalist society we've built like no one very few people can attempt to do this right right well so there one thing about the world we live in right is that uh if it's not easy to get, most people won't try to get it. Um, like, I mean, a classic sure. example of this is like, if there's a movie you want and you go on realgood.com and search it, it's not on Hulu or Netflix. People are just like, oh, I guess I'm not watching that movie tonight. You know what I mean? Like the CBS all access is the perfect example of this. Yeah. Like when there's a show you want to see and then it's CBS all access, it's like, oh, okay. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, exactly. So R. that's, a perfect, to that that's show. a perfect example. So like, yeah, there's that. And so the idea that a, they have enough confidence in their thing in Fortnite and B that there's a reason that they have that kind of confidence is like cool that it allows them to strike a blow against the sort of like platform access, like mediation. Um, and I think that that's important because I think there, this is a problem, right? That like, if there's good shit that you just can't get anywhere, without having to like try kind of hard to get it. And I mean, some people will try hard to get it. I mean, myself included, Um, but like not everyone, not most people. And if not, most people are trying to get it. The thing just goes away and then cool art and cool, cool games and cool, whatever just disappear. Um, And so it's very good. I think that Fortnite is kind of putting this out there that like, no, we don't, if the game is good enough, we don't need like, we don't need Apple. We don't need Google. The problem is like what things are going to hit the mm-hmm. Fortnite threshold of power to do that. But I still think like as a singular moment, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it's 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 hard to be big enough at this point and to have that threshold of power. You're right, uh, and like very few people can do it, and most people that can do it would never fucking take that risk. So they're they're going sicko mode here, and I, and I absolutely love it. I, you know, in solidarity, I am re-downloading Fortnite and buying a buying an emote. Uh, to support, uh, you know, I don't support many corporations, but but I do support inner corporation drama and fights in the same way that we like drama on Twitch and yeah. Starcraft. <laughs> yeah, uh, Any, there's nothing better than when the Titans try to <laughs> try to get drama. You know, yeah. it's great. Um, but uh, yeah, like uh, I don't know. Uh, Fortnite. I keep every year I say this is the last year of Fortnite, and then and then here we are again. It's still bigger than ever. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, really hats off to them. I think it's also like, it's cool that these corporations are, are under attack from gamers. I think that gamers 
are just constantly being thrust more and more into political and uh, spaces uh, and more and more like there's the like, gamers are disrupting like political narratives a lot of the time in, in some ways. Yeah, uh, for which sure. Is, yeah. Well, in some ways, it's just which like is getting really interesting. Yeah, well, it's like we there's this weird gamer culture that values certain things above like that other parts of the world and the culture don't give a shit about or whatever. And so sometimes mm-hmm. those traits crash into like big spaces and it's like they have no there's no like planning for like that kind of behavior, you know, and I think that that, right. ga- that like can be powerful. It can also be gross, right? Like Gamergate use a lot of those gaming powers to like awful pe- evil ends or whatever. But it can go. It, it's a Death Star that can be used for evil or good. Yeah, exactly. Usually we call that a sword because it's it's less like a less loaded term than Death Star. But yeah, it's exactly. It can go. There was it some. Can go either there, way. there was some very bad people on Alderaan, folks. Some very nasty people on Alderaan. <laughs> Didn't said some very nasty things about me. Um, yeah. Uh, the other the other thing that I think a lot about with this story is. Uh, it, it makes me question some of my complaints about the amount of online stores that have been coming out. Now that I have a PC, I get to download all sorts of new games on my PC. The thing, though, is I have to download all these different stores, the Steam store, the Epic store, the Xbox store, all these different stores. And I have always complained about this. But on the other hand, I'm like, wait a second. Maybe all these stores is a good thing and is trying to like reduce the effect that these like monopolies of these certain stores have. So in a certain way, maybe the more stores, the better. And that if I'm like a good consumer, I I shouldn't be annoyed by these stores, but I should be like encouraging more stores. Well, it's it's like it's your classic uh, capitalism, communism thing. Like, Like the best thing is there's a place where all the games live. And you can just buy them and the money goes to the people who made them and that's the games and that's it, right? Like it's like direct to consumer, uh, like set up single source, whatever. No third party. No third party. Or if there's a third party, it's the same third party for everyone so that like it's all. But still they get a cut, but that's the problem though. Yeah, but. But then they, but then they take their cut and then no one can fight it. Yeah, but like I'm mean, assuming third party is in like there has to be a company that runs the servers that do distribution because game companies maybe don't have the server power for that or something. Like they just have to like do that kind yeah. of thing. Um, but then the worst version is then like, so that's like the ideal. Then the next thing down, what usually ha- what, is, what we've seen is like one or two companies do that and then use what they do and do not pick to like manipulate the market, like monopoly style, like classic capitalist monopoly style. The bet what's uh-huh. better than that, but worse than the best is multiple stores. Cause at least multiple stores leave open the possibility for whatever, right? Like we'd rather just be clean mm-hmm. and direct and as minimal as possible. But if the options are yeah. a bunch of stores, which helps interdict against like market manipulation by the big forces or big forces just manipulating and running the market, this, the first thing is obviously like a better situation. But this is the get. This is like the free market capitalism thing, right? Like at a certain point, who knows how free this market actually ends up being? Um, yeah. But right now it is because there's not a lot of like there's just not a lot of stuff on the books to make it not that way. Um, right. So that's you know mm-hmm. it's better than the alternative. I just get a sense from this that uh, like uh, there's no movie theaters anymore. There's no live action movies coming out for the next two years. Gaming is like, like the gaming was always going to like eventually pressure and potentially overtake other forms of like media. But like with this virus and with this moment, like video games are at the center of like cultural conversation larger than they ever have before. And like are going like, and so like in the, we are accelerating like their relevancy, right? They're just becoming more and more important to like 
all sorts of conversations. Whereas gaming used to be able to be sequestered and be like, okay, that's a niche of people. Those are the gamers. Now everyone is becoming a gamer in this time. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, I mean, we, I think that's, that's part of the success of fall guys, right? Like that, what you're talking about is exactly why fall guys is so huge. Is that like gaming as a social thing and also just a thing you're allowed to do in a world where we're trapped inside all day. Like that, that's good. Right, like it, it, you have access to a thing that you didn't have before, and like Fall Guys, its success comes largely from the fact that like people who maybe don't want to play Fortnite because they don't want to play a shooter have access to something. Right, there's some kind of social yes. thing for everyone, and so you're totally right that like right now gaming has this cultural space that's like more central than ever, and like mm-hmm. Fall Guys proves that this Epic thing proves that, and it's just like more and more a thing that we have to like think about what that's going to look like going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, uh, you you mentioned uh, you mentioned Fall Guys again, so which leads me to a fun article uh, yeah. that came out, um, which is uh, from Dexerto. I don't even know what that is. Uh, they should. That's a terrible name. Uh, but uh, a clip on tryhards in games has gone viral, splitting opinions on hyper competitive players. Have tryhards ruined gaming? And the funny thing is, the video attached to the article uh, is this TikToker complaining that someone is too good at Fall Guys, which is hilarious because Fall Guys has two buttons. Yeah, uh, totally. It's. <laughs> and he's just jumping from platform to platform. It is. It's like not. It's not unbelievable. The clip, the clip is so bizarre for that reason. Like it gets to a bigger question about video games. I think we'll talk about. It's really interesting. But the clip in itself, if we focus on that for a second, is insane. Yeah. Just because, like, it's not like yeah, it's not like he's like doing the thing from like that one famous like Fortnite clip where the guy rides a rocket and then jumps off it and snipes a guy. And it's like, how did you do all of that at once? Like, it's not like he's doing that. Right. He's just jumping around. Like it's not like that's Fall Guys. There's a top, the top level limit on skill in Fall Guys is fairly low, so like yeah, this the ceiling is incredibly low. Yeah, and so like it, it's so <laughs> crazy to be like this is the example of that. Um, but the the ultimate so theory funny. I think is actually kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because uh, I I I I've been I've been tackling this too because again back to Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone is what we call the sweatiest game in the market right now. And when we say sweaty, we basically, and when we refer to sweaty players, uh, I'm talking about people that wake up in the morning, watch 15 YouTube videos on how to, on how to get better at the game and then play for like 10 hours. And that, that just means that when you go online, the people that you're facing online, they're a different breed of gamer. Now it's not just, it's, it's not as easy to log on call of duty and have a fun time anymore. Because people are training for this like it's their job. Right. Um, so I, I do see one side of, of this narrative. Uh, but on the other side, people want, like to get good at things. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> like, so there's. Is that so bad? So here's my. my I'll, 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 I'll take your two part proposition and flip into a two part answer. So the first thing is like, I'll do it out of order. So, like, yeah, people like to get good at things. It's fun to get good at things. I think it's weird to get on people's case for wanting to get good at things. Um, what's very weird about it and kind of internal to it is this idea that like winning is the most important part of playing a game. Like the fun part is playing the game. Winning is just cool. So this thing where it's like people are too good. Mm. I never win. The game isn't fun. Like fuck off. Like it's fun to play the game. Who cares if you win? If you, if you only care about winning, just play a single player game because you'll eventually win no matter what. Like 
Right. Like the the fun of it is playing a game and doing something competitive, and like that's and there's a challenge to that, and that's cool. And so it's good to want to get good at stuff. That's fine, but don't. But it's weird to measure good at stuff and having fun in, in terms of who gets to win. Um, because it's like yeah, I, I mean yeah, I've I've played over two hundred hours of Warzone and have won like five times. Yeah, I played like like that's an awful ratio uh and i still have fun playing it yeah and i have fun playing fall guys and i've literally never won like yeah it's just fun to play a game and so as far as like the first thing you said about this idea that like there's a different breed of gamer on there like that's fine and like part of that comes from like you literally can make it your job now in a way that you couldn't before right like Mm -hmm. you can become a professional streamer a professional player or like an analyst or caster or whatever like there's there are jobs now that depend on being good at video games so like there's an economic motivation for that. Yeah, but I, I was talking less about I was talking less about those guys, like actual job people, and I was making more of an exaggeration where it's like people who it's not actually their job oh. literally wake up every day during this pandemic and treat it like a job. But what I mean, like they're not getting paid for it, but they're treating no, it like a job. Isn't, is, well, right, I'm not. I'm not right. I'm talking about those people too. I guess maybe I wasn't clear. Is that those people have? I think at least some of them have in their head: if I get good enough at this, it can be my job. Right, like that dream. Interesting. That dream exists, like that possibility. Right, like that. Yeah. That classic. I guess you're that right. It's on the table. John Steinbeck thing of like, there's no poor people, just like uh, unlucky billionaires and waiting or whatever. Like, <laughs> oh my god, um, I've never heard that before. Oh, it's like the ultimate quote. It, well, I'll say it right. It's a John Steinbeck quote. It's the best quote ever to describe America. It's like, yeah, there's no poor people, just unlucky millionaires and waiting. I think is the wording. Um, and it's like that's that's like that's the so American funny. myth. Some, like summarized perfectly and I think that that's part of this is that these people are like oh if I get good enough I can get a job doing it or they're just bored people who are just playing all the time but either way again like what makes it fun is playing it and trying to get better it's not winning winning is is a rare thing that only happens to some people sometimes if you only have fun when you win like don't play multiplayer games you're just never going to have a good time yeah um I, I I agree. We're 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 in agreement on yeah. all all of this for sure. It, it just seemed like an article that someone had to shit out this week. Like it didn't seem like anyone was like super passionate about this. Um, well, it is it is interesting. I, I just I because like I get the reverse sense from the from like the from most gamers is that people do want to invest into the metas of games more. I I was listening to Asmund Gold talk about world of warcraft and the next expansion and he made this really important point that he's like listen like 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 the majority of the population of of, who plays world of warcraft in 2020 is going to read the forums and watch the youtube videos to find the very best exact stats and exact weapons like that's just how how players and gaming has like evolved and it's and it's not a minority of people people min max games now it's part of the culture of playing games and game designers need to i think they need to take that into account when they make when they make stuff because i think a lot of game designers still are under this impression that there are a large population of casuals and i think for a lot of games people don't approach them casually anymore. If you like World of Warcraft, if you like Warzone, you are going to watch a YouTube video. You are going to watch a streamer. You are going to like experience the game on new levels and learn more information than you would have in like 2010 when you liked a game. Right. Well, and I think the, it's not just that there's, it's not even that there's not casuals anymore. It's that you can casually get super into a game now, 
right? It's just a Google search and YouTube video yes. away, right? It's not like you need to sit around yes. and like do like it used to be like That's well said. It used to be like with World of Warcraft or with like Dark Souls or something before these things happened, you had to play it a bunch and test out all these different things and talk to other people who were playing to figure out the best possible arrangements and stuff. Now, like you just go on fucking Google, you're like best warrior build World of War- World of Warcraft. A blog pops up and it's like here it is, it's yours. Have it. Here's how you get all the stuff that comes with it. It's all linked. Walk through. It's right here. So like you don't. It's not like you it be you can still be casual and also be a meta expert because the meta expert's just opening up a blog post or something. And so you're totally right that like game designers have to like understand that that like what casuals are isn't the same thing anymore. It's not like ding dongs just pressing buttons. It's ding dongs who are googling shit and and trying to they might not figure out the meta but they can get access to it instantly. Um yeah, and they may and they may still not be good at like certain core things about playing the game, but like they certainly know what the best weapon is. Like when I originally played WoW Classic when I was like ten or eleven, I like I like leveled to like level forty without realizing there was talent points. Yeah, like and re- like which is uh, insane. That's like such a hardcore insane thing for me to do. But I was casual and I didn't know. Like literally, I don't think I'd be able to do that in twenty twenty. I don't think I'd be able to like have that experience anymore. That's probably a good thing. Um, it was pretty torturous, but you know, in, in general, games are expanding in that way too. Um, I, I wanted to get a little out of the heady stuff we've been talking about. Yeah, we've been really intellectual. I I wanted to get to the streets and by the streets, I mean, Tony Hawk pro skater one and two. It's coming. Holy shit. You You play the demo? I have I've played the demo and holy shit. Wow. I'm, I'm so ready for this game. And you know, I, I, I said this online, but in a lot of ways I'm thinking about this game is like this game thematically, like a lot of nostalgia stuff that's been coming out feels so thematically in line with 2020 because this there's there's this distinct feeling in like the hearts of Americans that like our best years are behind us. Yeah. And I think that is why we seek these almost like self-care type of games that bring us back to a time when things were simpler and less fucked up and all you had to do was grind and get big air and a half pipe. And it like I felt like so good playing the Tony Hawk demo just because it was true escapism for a second. I mean, it's here's the thing, right? Uh, this is is interesting. Um, it's a, it's a two pronged thing. One is the thing you're talking about a thousand percent that like in 2020 in August we like look back at the past and we're like, boy howdy, remember when we could go outside and see our friends and like. Uh, it didn't feel like we were like on the brink of collapsing into like a total autocracy and like cops weren't just like it didn't cops weren't explicitly enemies of the people in the same way they are. And like things were so much better even like two years ago. Right. Or at least felt better. If I don't, <laughs> were, were they mat- well, to be fair, the cops are the enemies in Tony Hawk as well. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> but like, but <laughs> a fair point. But um, but like it, it, there's literally a character named Officer Dick. Hell yeah, that's <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, like it's it, not to say that things weren't necessarily 100% better two years ago, but like they felt better. It just felt like an easier time and things didn't seem like so cataclysmic as they do now. So there's that for sure. The other thing is that with quarantine, I've noticed this with my friends and myself. And I think and this is true with most people is that like we're all fucking regressing to like like our sort of like safest core baby selves. Like 
for instance, like I'm just reading fucking fantasy novels all day and listening to like ska and like '90s hip hop, and that's it, right? And like, and, like occasionally right. I'm doing other stuff, like my job or whatever, but I'm mostly just like regressing to like the core of like my youth, like solidity, like solid area. And tons of other people I know are doing the same thing. I mean, like you're becoming a fucking Twitch streamer, right? Like, like we're all sort of <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That's a regression because well, you're just trying to game. You're gaming it all out, baby. You're just doing it all through gaming, and like you've. You know, we talked about this, like, you were a big high school gamer guy. Like, games, like, you gamed more, you game more now and also before we met than you did for, during the first couple of years that we were buds, right? Like, because you were doing other stuff, like making movies and doing all the other shit. Um, and a lot of us are, like, having this kind of regression. And so Tony Hawk coming out and both being an accessible and fun, simple game and being a symbol of, like, the time in our lives when everything seemed so cool and all that mattered was, like, a Vert 360 and that's the only thing on Earth anyone cared about. It was like, can I get a 900 or whatever? Like, that's... Right. It's the perfect time. Like, we're all becoming babies again and now this game for... That was literally made for us as babies. Like, has hit the fucking... Yeah. Has hit the streets and, like, of course, it's fucking exciting and super fun and easy to get into. I mean, just that two minutes of the demo of playing the warehouse just brought it all back for me, like brought back like when I first started skateboarding and I don't know, just like felt it really like it made me feel like a kid again in a lot of in like a way that I don't get from from from, you know, from entertainment anymore. I think when I play games like Ghost of Tsushima and stuff, I'm like fully in my adult perspective on gaming and, and culture. But like going back to Tony Hawk, like it felt insanely therapeutic to just have that soundtrack roll in and and just like like the remaster looks great too yeah it looks, it, it looks really really fucking it looks good super cool um one one weird thing that i noticed is that um there's no blood anymore um and a big a big thing in the original tony hawk games was this absurd amount of blood uh that would spill if you like took a fall yeah i missed that and i wonder if there's gonna be a mode for that where you can turn that on because a big thing about tony hawk was all the cheats and unlockables you could do and so i hope they they like somehow like add the blood effect or something dream i would love it if there's like a blood setting and like a big head thing and like a spider-man and darth maul unlock kind of like if that that shit like all that kind of like classic uh hidden content n64 ethos like sticks around and makes it mm-hmm. into this game because the like the more it appeals to like nine like 10 year old lux who like didn't even smoke cigarettes yet uh like mm-hmm. the better like that's 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 the that's what i want from this game it's like appeal to that part of my brain um and the demo while short like did it like big like big time did it uh, as far as that goes and i think uh, yeah, I think I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that that continues because it, it would be so nice just to have a game like that that like feels good. Um, and it's like, I don't know, also like so kind of like it's apolitical and in the spots where it even encounters politics, it's like super cool about it. Like, did you read that one thing about the deaf guy or the mute guy? Uh, no, what? So, oh yes, they they cha- they changed the phrase from a me- from yeah from a mute from, to a like I think a uh, weeble mute to deaf. No, I think it's just to a weeble because of his name. But they talked about that. Oh, nice. Uh, but either okay, way, cool. it was just like yeah, that there was the skater who was a uh, who was deaf, not mute. But people called him mute, and he did this like he did the the move. The mute was like his move, um, and people like you know uh, 
like recognize like that's kind of shitty that it's like that's a shitty nickname and it was rude and they shouldn't call it that and so they changed the name in the game like that's just cool like that's cool and being nice and like i love that i love that otherwise it's just like this thing like like a good example is like with ghost of tsushima like we've talked about there's like some weird politics history stuff going on that like i can't get out of my head because of the way that i am i don't have that with Mm -hmm. tony hawk the same way like, it'll be fun to play a game yeah. that feels good. I don't, like, lapse into my brain being like, but what about the rhetoric of skateboarding? Like, I don't have to do that. I just, like, do some fucking flips. Uh, and, like, that's awesome. Uh, I'm going to write a theme. I'm, gonna re- I'm still going to write a think piece on the rhetoric of skateboarding. Yeah, I mean, totally. Send it to Wisecrack. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. I think, it's, uh, I think it's fucking cool, man. I think it's really fucking neato torpedo that this game is coming out, that we're going to get to access it, and that, like, there is a thing that can be, like, fun like fun abstracted also, from everything else and also fun with your fucking friends because guess what bitch it's online oh yeah dude uh, so like it's like it's incredible like uh it, another like i'm so thirsty for online games i can play with my friends that aren't shooters and yeah. just the idea of getting to shred with my friends online is just like oh, hell yes yeah that's extremely um, exciting so I, i'm so and there's like all these unlockables and stuff. So like it really seems like a game I'm going to be able to sink my teeth into. I really hope they bring back Darth Vader and Spider-Man. Yeah, Dar- Darth Maul coming in the cut. Uh, Was it Darth Vader or Darth Maul that I think they put in the in game? I, forget. I think in different ones they had different darts. I yeah, think both have made the parents, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, man, mm-hmm. but like the, speaking of games to play together, like that's why we got to try and do a Dead by Daylight stream like this week with with friends because that's that seems like now that it has like cross-platform and they fixed the lobbying issues it seems like it's like a perfect fucking list hangout game and i think that's something that like the world is missing a little bit and another reason why fall guys got big another reason why hawk seems really fun is that there aren't really good hangout games to play online because they're also fucking tense like fortnite and pubg Mm -hmm. and whatever and so like a game where it's just like you're goofing around doing flips with your buds and you can just like crack some jokes about like the DNC or whatever while you're like doing like a right. like a board slide. Like that's like that's mm-hmm. that's great. And I think it's also something that like we kind of need if we're going to like stay sane through like another like who knows like 6 months or a year of fucking quarantine. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to we need that. Yeah. We need it. Uh we absolutely need it. And uh yeah, it's uh I'm just I'm I'm fucking ready for it and I'm I'm just I'm very excited. So uh I the one thing that they need to do is they need to add cross play. Yes, that is true. I mean more and more that's like if you want your game to be like the fun new game that everyone likes to play together, make cross play yeah. a goddamn priority. Like every single fucking time a big new game comes out that's like fun and multiplayer everyone starts texting each other do you know if this is crossplay because if it is then everyone's gonna buy it and we can all play together and if it's not then no yeah. one's gonna fucking then like most people aren't gonna fucking play it or like some people aren't gonna fucking play it. it's gonna like cut out a lot of people from like having fun with their buds and it's like just fucking it's starting do to it. become the smart financial decision to do it yeah. it's starting to become the cynical financial decision and if it's cynical it means i get to play games with griffin without having to boot camp my laptop then i say do it <laughs> I think every I think every like, uh, you know, like leftist progressive idea can be like used cynically to like people's benefits. Totally. Like that's the that's like a, the thing about most of these ideas is that like and that's the reason why we want like Biden to do leftist stuff, because it will help him fucking win. Uh, and, and, and this like idea that you have to like sacrifice 
something for your ideals. I think it's the exact opposite. I think we can get a lot of people to start making like more cynical choices in all sorts of industries um, that actually have good outcomes. Yeah, um, I think I think you're accurate. I think you're there. Speaking of cynical choices, uh, do we want to talk about the DSE for a little bit? <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> no, um, I've been talking about it all morning. That's fair. <laughs> uh, it's it's a it's, it's a cur- it's a cursed lineup. It's uh, they like uh, they 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 like keep on adding Republicans every five minutes to it. Like I, I swear to God, like the ghost of Herman Cain's gonna drop in. It's gonna be sucking. It's, it's so, gonna be late. I'm so fucking. I might if oh, you mentioned in the chat, we might do a, a DNC stream. I might jump into the back after my space RPGs tonight are over. Um, yeah, I'll be on for that. Um, yeah, no, it's depressing and it just, it makes me want to grind. It makes me want to shred. Is there any big takes that you wanted to have about it? Not really. Than, I thought we were just going to, uh, the Republican takeover. <laughs> yeah. I thought we could maybe risk that, but you're kind of right. There's not a lot to say aside from like, they really fucked AOC and have also made it really clear. They just don't give a shit about us or people like us and that they're all in on, on like mod- plan is clear. moderate folks and then every chance they get to like well just like all they need to do like this is so this is a, a tying in of things but like there was that poll that CNN poll that came out that was like Trump's only four points behind Biden or whatever um uh, and, and and honestly even even worse in some states yeah um uh, it's within the margin of error in most battleground states yeah now. and so the thing about that poll is the poll itself doesn't distress me that much a lot of things can happen whatever what addresses me is that the the Democrat online reaction has been, "Don't worry about it." I'm g- and I'm going to worry yeah, about it, and it's extremely <laughs> worrisome. <laughs> um, and it's yeah, like they can yeah. they could and so their their goal is just to say we're going to ride this out. It's going to be fine. Trump's going to lose the election on his own instead of trying to fucking win the election. And the way they win the election right. is to reach out to vote. I'm not look. They can have their moderates the D, at the D, the whole. You have like hours of speaking time. The DNC. Give some of it to moderates, but give some of it to progressives so that at least people like you and me feel some impetus to vote for them. But they just like aren't going to do it. What is moderate about John Kasich? What is moderate about Meg fucking Whitman? Yeah, Meg Whitman Whitman is crazy. At least John Kasich like used to be a Democrat. John Kasich uh, like has cut millions from pub from public schools is fucking anti-abortion anti-union Meg Whitman wanted to deport her own fucking nanny these are not moderates these are neocon George Bush conservatives and the Democratic Party has basically shown that they want to reform the Democratic Party to be moderate Democrats and neocon conservatives. And that's why the Lincoln project is working so well right well, now. That and they're doing a the lot fuck of the liberals thing. are falling for it. Yeah. They're doing the fuck Jerry thing too. And they're stealing all of our tweets. But regardless, no, this is just, this is just them showing what their vision for the future of the party is. And it is an incredibly center right uh, vision. And that's, you know, yeah. really all you can and say about it. Other than we're gonna, and it's not going to win a lot of elections. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, and it's not it's not a, it's not a winning strategy either because all these never trumpers have no constituency. If it's a, if it's a cynical choice to convince Republicans to vote Democrat, you pick the wrong people because all the never trumpers don't even represent a significant minority. Like most of the Republicans are fully for Trump. Right. Uh, uh, and like the never trumpers never led a constituency that mattered. Yeah, this leads to like one of my pet theories about politics that we can get into a little bit, which is that like I think the Democrats and the Republicans to a lesser extent treat people's political opinions as like ontological and fundamental. Like you 
you just are a Democrat deep in your soul. Like that's like a, a thing that you are and that doesn't change. A hundred percent. And so they don't you think that- You born a cuck, die a cuck. And so they like don't think that you can like persuade voters, right? They think that you have to like- right. Open your tent in such a way that the people whose politics are ontologically positioned that you want are included in it, rather than doing things to make people want to be a part of it. Because I don't think that people can want things differently than what they already want. That changing their mind is impossible. And when they treat things like that, like they're just going to they're going to fuck up. If they lose this election, they're going to blame us again. It's just going to be like, what are like? We've been telling you how to win this whole fucking time, uh, and then you just be yelling yeah. at us. Yeah, it's sick uh, and twisted and uh, yeah, Joe Joe Biden VR game where every week we get closer to the Joe Biden VR game. That was my prediction in December. We we know it's going to be a car driving game now. Like like the the details are starting to like fill themselves in a little bit. Like before we were like, who knows what it's going to be? But now it's like, okay, it's definitely got to do with cars for sure. A hundred percent. It's going to be it's going to be like. um, if like a Forza game where the max speed limit was 15 miles per hour. <laughs> Whoa, like Tokyo, like Tokyo bus driver. Um, God. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. It's going to be like um, it's going to be like uh, the the what's it called? The truck driver simulator, except you never find your keys to start the car. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be... Uh, well, that was Politics Corner, y'all. Uh, very optimistic. Uh, go follow Choom Room on Twitch. Uh, Eat Every Sound is Haley's ASMR Instagram. Uh, go check that out. Give that a follow. Uh, go listen to... Uh, go watch Lux's videos on Wisecrack. Wisecrack has been popping off We have a lot of cool fire. ones coming Absolute up. Absolute fire. I'm surprised Wisecrack hasn't been canceled. You know, we've been pushing it. After the woke ad one, I was like, damn. I thought people, I thought people were going to get more mad about that, too. <laughs> they didn't get that mad? Good, good, good. Anything you got, Lex, to plug? No, oh, actually, yeah. Um, in, t- in two weeks, we're going to be film or less than two weeks, we're going to be filming the first ever PWR uh, No Audience episode. Um, I'll let you guys know if we're going to stream that or not. But if we don't stream it, it's going to get edited and put online. And so stay tuned for that, I guess. I think it's going to be very fucking cool, but we can we can find out uh, and you can find out together by following PWR on Facebook or on Twitter at Party Death Cult, Cult KVLT. Um, and uh, otherwise, that's about it for me. Yeah, it's a it's an absolute vibe. Everybody get your get your skateboards ready. Uh, we're going we're going home. We'll see you next week.